Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm super excited to be interviewing this amazing woman. Now, I had the honor to be on her show, but why I loved speaking to her and why I wanted her on my podcast is because it's not about just the journey we go through when we're going through something in our life, but it's how, what we do with our life going forward. Now, Cheryl is an author, a speaker, a ninja. Now, let me say that again. She's an actual ninja, a recovering physiotherapist. She's on a mission to empower people of all ages to bust the myths of aging. Now, I love this next part, how she says she likes to punch father time in the face. <laughs> and I love that because I don't think I'm 50. I act like a 30-year-old, I think. I think a 30-year-old, uh, but I'm 50. Uh, discover their inner strength and unleash their personal power. Now, She's got a program. She's the CEO, I guess, of the program of Femi, Femi Ninja Project. And it's all about restoring human dignity one person at a time and helping you unleash that power. It's all about finding your voice, standing your ground, living well and looking good in every stage of your life. So having said that, welcome, Cheryl. Why, thank you, Grace. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I've been looking forward to this all day. Oh, you're welcome. So like we said, you know, I, I had the honor of being on your show and I really do. I still brag about it till today. And um, <laughs> I just loved your energy. Yeah, I loved what you had. You know, it, was, it wasn't about, you know, of course, we spoke about my journey and what I went through. But at the same time, you know, we got to have a chat before and I got to, I got to, you know, no. And like I always say to my husband, I spoke to a real ninja here, guys. So, um, but I want you to sort of just tell our viewers and our, and our listeners, because I really want them to empower their lives. And I know that's what you're all about. So mm -hmm. just tell us all about your story. How did you get into this whole process? Well, it's really, it is a long story. Before I um, ever became a ninja, and I mean, I really am a ninja. Um, I am a second degree black belt in an ancient Japanese martial art called Nimpo Taijutsu, the art of the ninja. And I began my training at the tender young age of 47. And <laughs> I did not go willingly. My teacher literally had to drag me on the mat, kicking and screaming and not in a good way. Um, it took him three years to convince me to take classes from him. He was actually my acupuncturist before he ever became my teacher. And the very first time he put needles in my legs, he got a very far away look on his face. And he said, you know, with your legs and my coaching, I could teach you how to kill with these things. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I thought, okay, I was literally pinned to the table. So I really couldn't move. And I thought to myself, who thinks this way, let alone actually says it out loud. And, you know, I thanked him for thinking of me, but said, no, thanks. I think I'll just save my killer legs for ballet class. And, uh, but thanks for offering anyhow. So he had his martial arts school, his dojo right next to his clinic. So it took him three long years to convince me to take some classes with him. And full disclosure, I had a traumatic experience uh, just a few months before I met him. So I was 44 at the time. And, you know, I had to stuff the experience because a lot of times, you know, when something like that happens, you don't get the support or the help that you need. And, you know, it was easier just to paste a great big smile on my face and 
pretend that everything was fine. Well, as you know, stuffing things uh, really doesn't always work. And it was about a year or so later that everything just kind of came spewing out. And when Mark, that's his name, when he heard my story, his campaign to get me on the mat and train with him, with him went into high gear. But I still said no. It's like, I don't understand how hanging around a smelly dojo with a bunch of sweaty, hairy men, letting them punch me, kick me, throw me to the ground is going to help me heal and make me feel any better. He kept on trying. And finally, three years later, I said, okay, I will take a few classes, learn a few self-defense techniques because I really needed them. And then I'm quit. I'll quit. And I also want to do it so I can prove to you how much I'm going to hate it. Well, I didn't hate it. I fell in love with the art. I fell in love with the training. And I really fell in love with the sense of empowerment and inner strength that I got through my training. It didn't happen right away. Although even my very first class, I knew I was onto something. I was terrified. I was the only woman. Not only was I the only woman in class, I was the only woman like in a three mile radius. And Mark had assured me that there were a lot of women in class. (laughs) And, you know, he either exaggerated, which I found out much later that he had a tendency to do, or he could have flat out lied just to get me on the mat. Either way, it worked. I was on the mat and I was starting my training. And, you know, it was just so funny because. When I started, there I was, a middle-aged princess, like I call myself. I'm a very fussy girl. I'm somebody who really doesn't want to be hanging around with a bunch of sweaty, you know, men (laughs) in a smelly dojo. And it was just not my idea of a good time. But there was something about the art that was just so, mm, so captivating, so mesmerizing. So seductive almost. It was like a seductive pull of this art that was pulling me in. And when I did go to class, once the class started, you know, I was okay. But before class and as we were gearing up, I mean, I would be in a full out panic. I mean, again, most of the time I was the only woman there. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know what was going to happen next. I didn't know any of these guys. And it just took an awful lot of, I don't know if it was incomparable stubbornness that kept me going back to class um, or that there was something about that sense of empowerment of just saying, hey, guess what? You did it. You got through a class. You didn't hurt yourself. You didn't hurt anybody else. You know, you're still in one piece and you can walk out that door and live to, um, you know, see another day or at least take another ballet class. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, that's what I would do is, is that very first day, you know, I was, I was so nervous, but I was kind of excited. And I went to my ballet class in the morning and it was such a convenient schedule because hour and a half ballet class. And then I just, you know, changed out of my ballet clothes, drove across town, went to the dojo for my first martial arts class. And, you know, like I said, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know how to work the gi. I mean, there are all these strings and ties and how does this, how does, how does this work or tie my own belt? But, um, you know, I finally managed and I got on the mat and the first thing that they did was a bunch of rolling around, 
So they're rolling around on the mat. There's all these guys. There's probably about mm, maybe 18 men. And they're all looking at me and smiling and nodding. They're very, very polite. Ninjas are really polite people. I have to admit that. They're very, very nice. (laughs) Until they want to kill you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And you have to know when that's coming. But, you know, the very first time it was like, what are they doing? They're doing all this rolling around on the floor and they're screaming and they're smacking their hands on the mat and they're falling and cartwheeling. And it was just, you know, I did not sign up for this. So one of the guys came over and he explained what we were going to be doing was something called Thai and Jitsu. And that was practicing break falls and rolls and all these things. Very, very acrobatic, very gymnastic. I am not somebody who does gymnastics. I don't like being on the floor. I do now. But I I never even did somersaults as a kid. I had a very strong sense of self-preservation. So here I am at the age of 47. And these guys were teaching me or trying to teach me, bless their little hearts, how to roll, how to fall, how to do all these things. And I'm like, I do not understand how this is supposed to help me heal. I do not understand how this is going to help me defend myself. It just seemed really kind of stupid. And then the the ray-in started. And the ray-in was where you have that formal bowing into, you know, I didn't know what they were doing, but they're bowing, they're clapping, they're shouting things in Japanese. And I'm looking for the back door going, this is not me. I need to get out of here. And after all of that, then our teacher gave us, you know, our, um, the, the technique that we're going to be working on for the day. I have no idea what the t- technique consisted of because once the punching and the kicking and the screaming started, I just closed my eyes and I couldn't even watch. And then when I opened my eyes, when they were done, Mark said, my teacher said, okay, everybody pick a partner and play. And I'm thinking, (laughs) if this is your idea of play, I would hate to see you fight. And all of a sudden, this black belt was walking directly toward me. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I supposed to do now? He stopped in front of me. He bowed sharply and he said something. He shouted in Japanese. He said, onigashimasu. And I'm looking around going, okay, I don't know what to do. And Mark was nowhere to be found. So I just did what came naturally for me. I knew I was supposed to respond because he was looking at me like, you know, I was supposed to react. So I picked up like an imaginary skirt and I spread it out and I curtsied and I said, enchanté. <laughs> Why Why so I think the, the really important point I want to make with that little story is that, you know, when you don't know what to do, do what you know. Anything is better than standing there or sitting there with egg on your face. We all have an inherent sense of skills and things that we know. And the funny thing is, when I did that, it just completely boggled him. He was like, he just was in shock and he didn't know how to respond. So it was like, (laughs) well, okay. So that was actually a a self-defense mechanism. So finally he, he, and he looked like he was going to try and, you know, he wanted to say something, but he just shook his head and said, okay, this is what's going to happen. You know, this is what we're working on. You're going to kick me. So I want you to kick me right here. And he pointed low at his abdomen. And I'm just twirling my ponytail and I said, um, no, I don't want to kick you. I've never kicked anybody before in my life and I don't want to start now. And he got this little 
smile on his face, a little condescending, you know, but a really sweet <laughs> smile. And he says, well, but that's what we're working on today. I want you to kick me. And then I said, well, I don't want to hurt you. And that <laughs> smile got bigger. He thought I was absolutely adorable. And he says, oh, don't worry. You won't hurt me. I can take care of myself. And he goes, go ahead, just kick me right here. And I'm looking at where he was pointing. And I said, um, I don't want to hit you in the sensitive parts, you know, if you know what I mean. Again, he smiles and he says, well, I don't want that either. But don't worry, I can protect myself. You can do it. I know you can. Just go ahead and kick me. And I said, all righty then. And he says, just don't kick below the belt. Okay, got that. So I just picked up my right leg and I just thrust my pointed toes deep into his abdomen with all the power and the strength of a grand jeté flying across the ballet stage. <laughs> guess, and you just... guess what? I could hurt him. He fell backward, you know, he's doubled over and he's trying, he's gasping for air and I didn't know it at the time, but my sensei, Mark, was watching this whole exchange. He came over to me and he looked and he said, how many years of ballet? And at that point, it was 27. And I said, 27. <laughs> and he said, mm-hmm. And he looked at, at the guy and he says, don't let the package fool you. She's a lot stronger than she looks. That is just amazing. That really is. It's well, so true. And it is true. We, again, we all have, we're all a lot stronger than we think mm. we are. Mm -hmm. And it's not until somebody puts us out of our comfort zone, or if we put ourselves out of our comfort zone into situations that are very challenging, and of course, uncomfortable, we always have those inherent skills that we can rely on. Yeah, it's, it's important for people to understand that you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's really important to know that you have what it takes within you. A lot of us believe that, oh, no, 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 I don't have the skill set because I haven't done this, 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 and this. But mm -hmm. like you, but unless, you know, people are explaining, you know, you, ex you get to explain that, that we all have that inner strength. It's just a matter of finding it. It's, you know, when I say inner strength, it doesn't mean it's always physical. But like you said, the tools are there. It's just knowing how to use them. Of course, mm -hmm. now you've got 27 years of experience of ballet under your, you know, <laughs> literally under your feet. Um, but you know what I mean? But it, it's, 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 I love the way that you said, you know, don't underestimate yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't underestimate what you can do. And a lot of people give their power away. They give it to their, you know, they give it to their family. They give it to others. They don't realize that they've got that potential. Um, so I really like that. But like now, you know, you're, you're, you're becoming a ninja. So what are some of the things like, uh, you know, you talk about that you went through some things in your life. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. How did, how did that start helping you grow for yourself? How did that help you? Well, at the time I began my training, um, you know, I was struggling with post-traumatic stress dis disorder. And no matter what I tried, you know, I did all the conventional stuff, you know, go to therapy, you know, do this, meditate, blah, blah, blah. And nothing helped me. Nothing. And, you know, I was just, I kept spiraling down more and more. I used talk about it or explain it like 
being down a rabbit hole or going down the rabbit hole, like the, you know, Alice in Wonderland falling down the rabbit hole. Um, and as I was falling, there were never anything to hang on to, to grab onto to stop the fall. And I knew that the, down at the bottom of that rabbit hole was a great big carnivorous rabbit with gnashing teeth and nails just waiting to devour me. And that's pretty much what it felt like. And, you know, I, I had anxiety. Um, I had insomnia. I had a hard time even eating. I'd lost my appetite. I, had, I was hypervigilant. You know, I was almost even being paranoid. Uh, just even going to the grocery store was so painful for me because I thought people were looking at me and laughing and they could see my pain and my shame you know, just by looking at my face. And I, I did, I will admit, I did look a fright during those times. Um, but slowly, but surely, I started to find a level of confidence. And a, uh, it's just so hard to explain how everything started to shift for me, but it was, it was a slow shift. It did not happen right away, but it didn't matter because even those tiny little moments, um, would just kind of add up like that little exchange that I had with the black belt Wes and, you know, kicking him in the belly. That was kind of fun. And it was really <laughs> funny. And, you know, I laughed and I giggled the entire way home after class. And it was the first time I giggled and laughed in a really long time. Wow. And, you know, we're talking about, I did, it took me, well, 10 years uh, to get the black belt. However, I never planned on getting the black belt. That was never my goal. I never even wanted a yellow belt. I didn't even want a stinking white belt, but it came with the uniform and you had to, you know, had to wear one. But so it wasn't that I was looking at the goal of how far I can climb up the ranks. I was just looking at one day at a time, one class at a time. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I didn't even feel like getting out of bed in the morning. And I was still seeing a therapist at the time. And I remember saying, oh, yeah, well, I just came from martial arts, you know, didn't feel like it, you know, blah, 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 having a really miserable day. And in that soft, you know, soothing therapy voice that they have, he said, I really admire the fact that you go even when you don't feel like it. And I looked at him and I said, you know. If I waited until I felt like it, I wouldn't ever get out of bed. And that's Nimpo so gave me a reason to get out of bed. Yeah, and that's so true because, um, like you said, you know, it's one. it was one step at a time. You weren't trying to, you know, uh, just get, okay, I need to get that. Whether it was a goal or not, fair enough. You can have a goal. You can have a mm -hmm. weekly goal or a two-weeks goal, whatever it is. But for you, it was, you know what, I'm I'm going to take this and I'm going to do what I can today. I'm going to be the best mm -hmm. version of myself today. I'm going to be my best version tomorrow and so forth. Um, <clears throat> and like you said, when you do that, when you take those slow steps, because, I mean, I, we talk about it when I say me, we talk about it, my husband and I, because our mentor talks about a two-millimeter shift. People think mm. that they have to shift 180. You have to do this dramatic thing. It's not. It's a two-millimeter shift. Mm -hmm. When you start moving two millimeters, you'll be surprised how far you come in your life. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really important because I, I wrote that down. It's one day at a time. I really like that. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, like I said, it's, a lot of people don't realize the importance 
of getting up, like you said, you could have, Mm -hmm. if you waited for the perfect moment, there is no such thing as a perfect moment because the perfect moment could have come and unfortunately something else could have happened, you know, and then it's not the perfect moment. So that's why I always talk to, you know, speak to our listeners and say, if you want to do something, if you want to become a ninja, Mm -hmm. do it. You know, mm-hmm. I know you're probably going through your, your you know, your, I mean, it depends on how you are physically feeling, of course, you know, you don't want to be doing, you know, some massive treatment and you don't have the strength. But what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say, is don't, it's not that, it's a metaphor. Do what you want to do, become who you want to be, who you want mm-hmm. to become. Like you said, you weren't looking for that black belt. It was, mm-hmm. you were looking for you. You mm-hmm. found you in the process. Um, I really love that. Really do. And there's something else I do want to share with your listeners um, uh, of what you said. Um, you know, even when you don't feel like it, uh, even if you've had, you know, treatment and it's so hard to even get out of bed, remember that movement heals. You don't have to get out of bed and drive to a dojo and do what I did, you know, mm. completely different um, circumstances. But if you can get out of bed, and just do gentle movement even around the house. If you can't get out of bed, just do gentle movement even lying in bed, just, you know, moving your hands, doing, you know, rolls with your wrists, you know, shoulder rolls, ankle pumps, anything you can do to get the blood flowing, to get your lymphatic system working for you. And it really does, you know, kick in, it changes the brain chemistry and the neurotransmitters even very gentle movement, and that's okay. And the other thing I wanted to mention that, you know, I I cannot tell you how many times I failed miserably on the mat and in training. And that's another thing I learned along the way is that you have to give yourself permission to fail. There's no such thing as failure, just opportunities to learn and opportunities to learn more about yourself, about your body, about your mental, um, you know, capacities, uh, it's it's a mental toughness and mental training that we do in uh, the art as well as, you know, physical. Physical mm-hmm. is just a very small part of it, but a lot of it is the mindset, the um, mental toughness, the flexibility, the mental flexibility of even being able to quickly assess a situation that might not be safe to be able to re- remove yourself from it. Mm-hmm. Or you have a situation that, you know, you can't avoid, like, a diagnosis or a treatment. So what you have to do is just kind of like redirect in a way that you can handle it where it's going to have the least negative impact on you. So there's a lot of mindset, mind training, visualization, imagination, uh, the spirit of a warrior, because I do believe I've told you that before, the Mm. spirit of a warrior is in each and every one of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love the way you said that. I love the way you said it's a mindset because a lot of people feel like, you know, it's the physical side of things, you know, like, you know, oh, it's, it's physical, it's physical. Yeah, it is, but it's not all physical. It's like you said, it's, it's so important to understand that once you have the right mindset, it, it's, it's not that you're not going to go through your path. Like you said, mm-hmm. you're not going to fall and things like that. It's not going to say that, but it's how you pick yourself up 
mentally, psychologically, it's how you pick yourself up. Um, you know, whereas if you don't have that strong mindset, you could have fallen mm -hmm. down on the mat several times and thought, I give up. I give mm -hmm. up. This isn't right for me because your mind's like, no, this isn't good for you. Go home. Go home, mm -hmm. Cheryl. You just, just don't worry about it. But when you start training that, and I think it's beautiful how you said it's such a beautiful discipline. But you would have had that same discipline when you did ballet because a lot of people, I'm not a ballet dancer, but, uh, you know, I love watching, you know, dance shows. And when there's a ballerina on, um, they always say that the the they endure the most, they practice the most. There's so much more involved in a ballerina and I'm not disrespecting other dance moves, you know, but there's so much involved. And I believe also there is that mindset. You know what I mean? Um, it, it is physical on the body. I mean, anyone who could stand on their tippy toes or toes, whatever it is, I don't know, you know, uh, I see these ballerinas putting on their shoes and it, and it just amazes me. Um, but there's so much, there's so much, when I say control, there's so much, there's so much control, but as a ballerina, you, you, we see it as it's, it's glowing. It's just mm -hmm. gently moving. And it's the same with the ninja. You know, when I, I watch ninjas, you know, it's so much discipline, mm -hmm. but it's so motionless. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's such grace in it. Um, and, and it's beautiful how you said that because I, and I appreciate you saying that to our listeners because it's like your treatment. It's there, but if you move with grace, if, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. You, you haven't lived until you put on a point shoe. They are really, <laughs> really painful. And, you know, I still do dance, you know, even at this yeah. point in my life, I still take ballet a couple days a week. Um, and I still every now and again put on the point shoes. But uh, yeah, it's just, it is a way of kind of like acceptance almost, you know, you know, it's going to hurt. You don't realize it's going to hurt as much as it does until you put that one shoe on. But then it's like, okay, I know what's coming. And I know, you know, I, I, I just accept this. And that's another thing that we talk about in our training in my art is acceptance versus resistance. And, you know, if you cannot move yourself or remove yourself from a confrontation or a threatening situation, you know, your first goal is to escape, just get away. If you're not there, you can't get hurt. But if it comes to the point that it's like, okay, I'm in it now, I can't get away, there's a, a certain amount of accepting that you're going to get attacked. And if you accept that it's coming, then it, it kind of frees up your mind to be able to see the way that you can move, how you can make a mistake, how you can do a counterattack, how you can kind of uh, deflect and redirect the situation. And, you know, again, it's the same thing. If you've got a diagnosis and you're looking at these treatments, it's like you have to kind of accept, okay, this is what I've got and this is how I'm going to deal with it. If you resist it, and even in a physical attack, and we practice this in our training, if somebody attacks you, you know, and they're grabbing you really firmly, let's just say by, by the lapels, and you're resisting as hard as you can, that's the biggest gift you can give your opponent. But if mm. you kind of relax, all of a sudden, all of that angst, all of that energy that your opponent is, is you know, take or is putting towards you, 
actually goes past you and back into the opponent. It's really a beautiful thing to see. Wow. Yeah. That is so, uh, thank you for sharing that because that is so true because we talk about that resistance. It's even like with fear, you know, um, mm -hmm. if you keep pushing, they're going to keep pushing back, you know, whereas if you, you know, it, it, like Tony Robbins says, if you dance with it, you give all your power back, you dance with it, after a while it's going to get bored. And like mm -hmm. you said, in the metaphor of you using, you know, if you get, I mean, you're not the board, your, your opponent's not going to get bored, but it's going to get bored. If you resist, they're going to find the, you know, they're going to keep fighting for it. But the moment you relax, yeah. you're going to go, this is boring. She's not even fighting back, you know, um, in that metaphor, I guess, you know, right. uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. So it's not, of course, you know, in your situation, you don't just relax and, hey, just do what you want. But what I'm trying to say is, like you said, the moment you just give in, you give mm -hmm. in, it has no more power on you. Right. You know? Right. Um, so now like the thing is, so you're, you're a ballerina, you're a ninja, and then you decide in your life to do, this is what I want the viewers, <laughs> I, this is what I want the viewers and okay. the, yes, and the listeners to listen to, okay? Because it's not what you're doing. I couldn't care if you did finger painting, gardening, pottery, whatever it is. You're doing what you want to do. You're being the best version of yourself. So mm -hmm. now Cheryl not only has under her belt, so to speak, a ninja belt and a ballerina, but she also does pole dancing, which I found, oh, my God, I, I'm going to my husband and no disrespect. I said to my husband, I just spoke to an, a ninja pole dancer. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, that is just, it blew my mind when you told me. but. It's not about being a, a pole dancer because a lot of people take that metaphor and they look at it the <laughs> wrong way. I think it's a beautiful art. I watch women who do it and the strength that goes behind it. Uh, not that I go to clubs to watch it. There is so many shows, again, out there. There are. There's so many shows that you can see mm -hmm. them. See them for what they are, the beauty. Like you said, that is the it's, it wasn't just, we spoke about this and it wasn't just, okay, I'm just want to twirl around a pole. It was finding that inner woman, you know, mm -hmm. bringing out. And some of our, uh, some of the people I speak to have gone through a double mastectomy. They've gone through a hysterectomy. They don't physically feel like a woman anymore. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you get the chance to do something like this do pole dancing where you find that feminine energy, mm -hmm. you know, so talk about that. I, I want our listeners to really understand. And again, okay. it's not just the pole dancing. It's about doing right. what you want to do and loving it, you know? Right. Okay. Well, the way I got into pole dancing is really kind of funny. Um, well, I was turning 58 and I decided it was right before my 58th birthday. And I decided that it was time to start engaging in more age appropriate activities. Enter pole dancing. Because <laughs> that's that, that I just saw how that was age appropriate. I love that. Yes, yes. That, I but, love that. Uh, full disclosure there was another woman at the dojo. And this is long story. She was half my age. So she was 30 years younger than me. I was the same age as her mom. And Vanessa was quite the martial artist. She had been studying various martial arts since she was seven years old. And the only thing she ever wanted was to, you know, be a martial artist, have her own dojo and teach martial arts all day long. 
Well, and there, there was me. All I ever wanted to do was to be a princess and maybe have my own ballet studio someday. But eventually, you know, we finally, we got along. We started to train together. We were the most amazing training partners. And we were just wonderful, you know, um, pairing because, you know, I was kind of like grace and water and she was more like fire and, and, and earth and power. And we just got along great. Well, her girlfriend started doing pole. And every time, you know, I'd go to the dojo and Vanessa would say, oh, my gosh, look at what, you know, Dawn can do. And I was like, wow, you know, upside down. This is like kind of crazy. And she kept saying, you know, they do the same movements that we do, but we do it with a moving body. They do it with a static pole. And she was so into it and so into the physics of it. And she kept saying to me, you ought to do this. You really ought to do this. And I said, you know what, Vanessa, you're so into this. Let's do it together. You and I will take a beginning ball or a beginning pole class and blah, 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 blah. And she just kind of, you know, that was obviously not what she had planned. And she said, well, you know, I would do it if it was nothing but brute strength. She says, but that dancing part, mm -mm, I'm not going to do it. And I thought, well, okay, I'll just try it and see what happens. So I kind of got hooked because at the very beginning, well, it, I mean, even the very beginning, my arms were so sore. Oh, my gosh. I, I couldn't even lift my arms for four days after my first class. And you were doing things like walking around the pole and then a little bit of twirling and stuff. And then it got to the point where you start really doing acrobatic stuff, like going upside down and inverting. And, you know, we can go into that later. But what really su surprised me and impressed me so much um, about going to pole were the women, girls and women. and you know, coming from at that point, my gosh, I was 58. So I had been doing ballet for, you know, wow, 30, 38 years, I think at that point. And the atmosphere in a ballet class is completely different from what it is in a pole studio. <laughs> I mean, these people are real, you know, they are very down to earth. A lot of the women who come to pole are doing it for the specific reason to, like you said, find their feminine energy. Some of them would say to get their sexy back after a horrible divorce or, you know, bad uh, relationship or, you know, abuse or whatever. And a lot of them even had their therapists say, go to pole, try pole to see if this will help you love your body again and love mm -hmm. yourself again. And I was really, well, it was just a little shocking when I saw, you know, the outfits and stuff me used to having a leotard and tights on and everything. And I thought, Oh, I don't think I could ever wear an outfit like that. You know, no, no, we're not ever going to go, go that far. We're not going to get that deep into it. But it was amazing that you saw bodies of every size, every shape, you know, it didn't have to be this slender, perfect little ballet body. Mm. And they were just embracing their bodies, embracing their curves. And, you know, you're, you're doing like, you know, straddle splits and stuff in these little outfits. And it was a big adjustment for me, but it was like, it was also incredibly empowering. Mm. Very so that, empowering. Yeah. Because there's the two polarities. If you want to see that, you know, in a way, you know, here you are from, you know, a dojo with a gi on to practically like almost you know just a little tube top and a little pair of you know shorts or whatever it is um 
you know, and I want to say that because a lot of, like I said, a lot of people, the moment they hear pole, they think of it as, you know, this club and stripping yeah. down to nakedness. And it's not because I also have a very close friend who did it for a competition for many years. She never, mm-hmm. never danced in a club, you know, mm-hmm. um, but she did it as competition. But uh, it's really good how, you know, I, I, I think what I, why I wanted you to bring that up is because I want people to realize that it's, it doesn't matter what you choose to do. You find mm. the strength, you find yourself and your strength in becoming a ninja. You find your inner strength and mm. beauty becoming a pole dancer, you know, for yourself, mm. you know, it's finding who you are. And I'm, I mean, I'm not saying go out there and become if you want to, there I'm sure if there's places in the US, um, I'll definitely look up it up here um, and I'll research and I'll put it on my podcast as well. But I'm sure there's some places that if I rang them up and their pole dancers or whatever uh, centres, I can say, look, you know, do you accept women who have gone through this? I don't think they're going to oh, say yeah. no. They would no. never say no. Yeah, exactly. uh, they would never say no. And that, yeah, and that's the beautiful part of this kind of pole community, which really shocked me. I mean, you know, I've been um, a member of several different types of communities. I've got a lot of them that I, I belong to. And I mean, it's definitely different, but it is the most welcoming, the most non-judgmental, the most um, supportive that I have ever experienced. Now, I know if you're, you know, really getting deep into it, like the hardcore competition, that type of thing, there might be a little bit of, you know, um, <laughs> mean girl. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've never mm. gotten to that point. Uh, mm. You know, I've had classes before where it was like, oh, you can tell the ones who are very, very, you know, serious, hardcore, um, not quite as open as some of the other women. But it's it's a wonderful way to, you know, recover from things and, and to get your body back. Mm. Um, it, it really is. It's just absolutely lovely. And for those of your listeners who are thinking, well, I can't do that. I'm too old. You know, it's, I, I, you know, you have to be in this kind of shape, you know, don't think that way. You can do it at any age. I actually took class yesterday morning and there were only three of us in class. There were two students, me and another woman who is 71. Wow. And she started pole doing pole we call it either fit pole or pole sport you know mm-hmm. to take the, the yeah um, yeah stigma the dance of yeah, yeah 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 mm-hmm. uh but she started at the age of 68 so there was me wow. and i'm 65 i'll be 65 in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and so i was 65 and the teacher was 50 so between the three people who were in class there was nobody under the age of 50 and yeah. I averaged it out later. Our mean age between the three of us was 62. So we did take a picture of ourselves after class, you know, just headshots. Um, yeah. And you know, <laughs> you know, three three different yeah. uh, decades or three different, you know, the, we had, had a representative for 50, 60, and 70. So I thought that was really a beautiful thing. And, you know, just, just to really impress on your listeners that, you know, don't ever think that you're too old. And that's another part of my busting the myth of aging and, you know, punching father time in the face because he ain't going to get a hold of me. Um, but it's all <laughs> about the mindset and hanging a, out with people who are more positive and uplifting and finding activities and finding your tribe and finding, you know, your community that you really thrive in and feel comfortable. 
you know, I, I've thrived in the ballet community for years and years and years. And now, honestly, I have not gone back to an mm-hmm. in-person ballet class. You know, since COVID, you know, the studios are open now. You can go back. Um, but I have chosen to just do my two little ballet classes in my basement with my online group because I prefer that. I don't want to go and to be exposed to some of the negativity that I mm. you know, would be exposed to. Um, it's more fun to go hang out with the 20 and 30 year old girls hanging upside down on a pole. Yes, yes. You know, yes. or a bunch Less of guys. Mm. Yeah, or a bunch of guys yeah. just, you know, smacking us around. And, you know, it's just, there's so much out there is really the point I want to make. Um, you know, whether it is like, a, you know, is it needlepoint? Is it, you know, tiddlywinks? Is it a yoga class? Is it Zumba? Is it, you know, swimming, you know, water aerobics? There's just so many movement modalities out there that mm. we can do. And each one of them, anything that you do, anything, any kind of movement, there is an incredible healing power in movement. So no matter what it is, just keep looking. What works for one person does not work for everybody, um, but you will find a community that you belong to and you can be supported. And it's just a beautiful thing when you do that. And don't just mm. stop at one. Just look around. There's a lot of things uh, out there. Yeah. Well, well, Tony Robbins always talks about your physiology move your mm. physiology because it makes a big impact on your life you know it's not just you know just saying stuff you know or i'm going to be good or whatever it is it's using your body he's always mm-hmm. talking about that because it is important you realize the difference between you know having a belly laugh and having a really belly laugh <laughs> when you're just moving around and things like that so but now i won't um you know we've spoken about a lot of things but i really want to talk about now the uh the actual femi ninja project you know like you say you're restoring their dignity you're how how uh, you know you're unleashing their power you're you know you're 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 creating goodness for people so talk about what you actually have out there for the people what you do you know what you have so to much- offer. My Femininja Project is actually my podcast, and I've been doing it, mm, I guess, I think I'm in my second or third year. I've just recorded episode 151, and that was your episode. Oh, Um, wow. So it's basically (laughs) a podcast that is loosely based on my experience as a martial artist. Um, I didn't want it to be all about martial arts. I didn't want it to be all about self-defense. I wanted it to be about some of the tools that I learned in my martial arts training and some of the principles and philosophies of at least the martial art that I study that are really, you know, um, lessons for life and tips and and like almost, I don't want to say life coaching because it's not, but just principles that you can apply to every single aspect of your life. So basically, that's why, um, and it's also based on some of the other movement modalities. I do something called Feldenkrais and, you know, Pilates, and of course, you know, the principles of dance and stuff is is in there too. Um, So it's about personal empowerment. It's about overcoming obstacles because, and this goes back to the um, martial arts training, life is full of hits and they Mm. come in a wide variety of forms, whether it's physical, you know, mental, emotional, psychological, health-related, financial uh, relationships, if I haven't mentioned that one, they come in a lot of different ways. So learning how to be able to adapt, go through it, 
without being injured, without being devastated is very important. Uh, and restoring human dignity, one person at a time, learning how to find your voice, stand your ground, explore alternative ways of moving, sensing, feeling, thinking, alternative health and healing. Again, so it's just, you know, open mind. I've got a variety of guests. My guests are amazing. Mm. You know, I just loved having you on the show. It's so much fun. (laughs) But I have an incredible variety of guests. And don't let the name fool you. It's not just for women only. Um, Mm. I do love men. And I have a lot of men on the show as well. Because I think that in today's, you know, climate, that there's way too much man bashing going on. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it were not for the many magnificent men in my life that encouraged me, you know, coached me, supported me, smacked me down a couple of times and I got back (laughs) up, you know. So, you know, you just have to embrace everybody and all that they have to offer you. Yeah, and I I quite and I agree with you that there are some amazing men out there and you know, find them, they're out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cause I do like yourself, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> men bashing. Um, but, uh, you know, the other thing I wanted to touch on and I can see it in the background here. So those mm-hmm. that are watching, there's this beautiful, amazing book behind you. And mm-hmm. the fact that the pose is you um, with your legs like that, I, I think I tried it the other day and I failed <laughs> miserably. Um, so talk about being an author you know, what's your book about? So the title of my book is Forever Fit and Flexible, Feeling Fabulous at 50 and Beyond. And it is, of course, about fitness, but it's more about mindset, attitude, finding your foundation, starting with a strong foundation and going from there. Oftentimes, especially as we mature, um, we have like two choices. We can either try and go to the gym. We got the 20 year old trainers trying to, you know, oh, more, you know, lift these weights and do all this stuff and, you know, wreck your joints. Or you have people that just pat you on the head, sit you in a chair and say, just do chair aerobics. That's good for you. You know, these little light weights. And it's, you know, society and even health and medical experts will tell us that as we're getting older, you know, we're supposed to fall apart. Our joints are supposed to ache. We're supposed, our posture is supposed to get rounded, the forward head. We're supposed to have that belly because, you know, menopause and, you know, and that's bunk. None of that is really true. So in my book, I bust those myths of aging and I help you discover your own path to health, vitality, vibrant energy, fitness, and activity so you can have the life that you want at every single aspect and every stage of your life. You do not have to say, oh, I can't do this because I'm too old. Now, this all started from my own personal experience of being a chronic pain patient. So when I was in my 30s, what started out as a little discomfort in my low back and, you know, just stretch it out, didn't quite feel right, quickly spiraled down to a chronic pain syndrome. Mm. In just a matter of a a few months, I went from being a healthy, vibrant, active young woman to being a chronic pain patient. And for two and a half years, I lived that life. I went to, you know, I had doctors, I had physical therapists, massage therapists, I tried everything. I had all the medications, all the stupid exercises and stretches that the PTs gave me. Nothing worked. Instead of getting better, I was spiraling down and to the point where I could barely move. 
And it wasn't until one of my doctors told me I would never be able to do my laundry and my grocery shopping all in the same day because the arthritis in my spine was so severe, I would end up being bedridden. And I mean, I was in shock. I didn't know how to respond to that. And I just looked at her and I was like, confused. I said, you don't understand. I'm planning on going back to ballet class. And she looked at me and smiled and said, you don't understand. This is your new normal. You are a chronic pain patient. You will never have the life you had before. You will never have the life that you wanted. You will forget about going to ballet class because even, you know, you're too old. I mean, you know, that's for teenagers. Uh, and forget about going to physical therapy school because that was one of my goals. She said, even if you could do the work, which you can't, you're too broken. You're too decrepit. Wait, wait. She says, mm. And even if you could, you're just too darn old. And I was 36 yeah. at the time. And then she recommended that I start applying for disability because I was going to need it. And you know what? I went wow. home. Wow. I hit rock bottom. And it was like that woman took away my hope. She destroyed, destroyed my dreams. She shattered my spirit. And a couple of days later, I got this epiphany. And the epiphany was, this is your responsibility, not theirs. You have to figure this out because not only are they not helping you, they're making you worse. So I fired my medical team, much to their chagrin, because they, you know, I needed them. They had to help me. They had to take care yeah. of me. And I stopped taking all my medications. I stopped doing the stupid stretches and exercises because they weren't working. And I completely taught myself how to move again. Um, I just inherently, you know, went back to how we learned how to move as children. I slowed myself down. I paid attention to how I moved. I really, you know, paid attention to, okay, this makes me my pain worse. This relieves the pain. And I added acupuncture was the only thing I added. And it took about nine months. I, I was very meticulous about it. And I ended up, you know, just pain free. I was stiff. I was, you know, out of shape. But at least I was pain free. And right about that time, I got accepted to physical therapy school, which was wonderful. And I graduated with my master's in PT about three months shy of my 40th birthday. So I guess I wasn't too old. And what I found out was I absolutely hated PT. It didn't work so well for me as a patient. It didn't work so well for me as a practitioner. And I finally, after two and a half years, I said to myself, you know what? You got a lot more to offer people. So I went out on my own. I opened my own practice. I did my own thing, specializing in Pilates-based rehab and conditioning. You can see that over where that shoulder, there's, that's a Pilates pose. Um, I specialized in Pilates rehab and conditioning, and most of my clients were people who had been like me. They were hopeless cases. Um, so it really, it was, it was a, a great, great practice. And then I added something later called Feldenkrais, which is a highly sophisticated form of neuromuscular reeducation. So those are the techniques that I use. And then I even use some of the principles of martial arts with my clients as well to help them get back on track. And it was from that experience that I decided, you know, I need to write a book. I need to put all of this together. Why am I reaching such a small population when I can reach a lot more people if I put it in a book? So I put all the principles in there. I put a little program in there that people can follow that has movement explorations. I don't say exercises. It's movement exploration. Because if you move in a way that you, we moved as children when we were learning how to move. 
again, it's exploring movement. It's not like, okay, use these barbells and do these exercises. It's like playing with our environment. And that's basically what the book is about. And that's kind of what I teach and what I preach. And I did close my private practice uh, four years ago, but I just recently relaunched it online. Okay, so I really can't wait to get your second, you know, uh, your book to arrive, but also um, your second book, you know, it sounds amazing. I love reading about people's stories because I find that, you know, when you, it's like you get to know the person. I always say that it's Mm -hmm. like you get to know the person, but what happens is you also learn that you're in a way, you're not the only person going through something, but that's really amazing how you said with your book, because not only do you touch on the mindset, because I've actually interviewed people where I've, they've actually been told they've got a chronic pain. They're like suffering Mm -hmm. and they get told it's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. Well, not necessarily it's all in the mind. You know, we're not talking about a hypochondriac, you know, if something's not right, something's not right. And you know, your body better than anyone. I always say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like how you put that in your book as well, because mm-hmm. like you said, it's not just that you found what works for you. We're mm-hmm. all different. So you've got some tools and resources to share with people, which mm-hmm. I love, but I love also the way you've now, because again, you have two different disciplines, two disciplines as in, and we go back to it, but The reason I say it is because it's so important because I want the people to understand that it's conditioning. It's so much conditioning, both Mm -hmm. in becoming a ballerina and also becoming a ninja. There's so much discipline involved. Mm -hmm. But once you get the tools, like you said, you know, maybe not a ballerina at, you know, at an older age, but why not a ninja at an older age? Mm you tend to find those tools that you need and then your book, how you've got what works best for you. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone has the same body, you know, like you said, don't pull up weights. Oh, let's just do this. And right. sometimes it makes it even worse for you. So I really love that. And then knowing that you, like you said, from a princess to a ninja, oh, I think they should just make a movie from your book. Let me <laughs> tell you, honestly, put it out, I'm putting it out to the universe because that would be an amazing that it does it does because you know I could just see this you know I could just see this movie of a girl who's like oh don't come not in a bad way but like you said you know Mm -hmm. sweaty men ooh, whatever to becoming a ninja um which is so beautiful it's beautiful because even though you're a, you were a ballerina, you are a ballerina. I could still see the feminine in you as a ninja. Mm-hmm. I could still mm-hmm. see that feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love that. I, I really do. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on or talk about that we, we might have missed speaking about? I don't think so, but I did want to touch when you were talking about, um, you know, how people are told oftentimes it's in your head, it's in your head, it's in your head. And that's something that I was told a lot. And, you know, at some level, it really is. So I want your listeners to just kind of bear with me now and just kind of listen because, you know, your brain, your nervous system, there's an incredible connection, that mind-body connection. So a lot of times it might really be because your brain has recorded all of the the injury, the information, mm. the pain. So it's almost like... um you know, having the a computer when you log on and you're at, use the same URL over and over again, 
you know, it's faster and faster and faster until one day you just put in like one or two letters and boom, it takes you to the website that you're looking for. Our brain is kind of like a computer. It just takes all of this information in. So when you do have pain, you know, acute pain, you have an injury and then it goes away. But sometimes the brain actually keeps recording that pain and that pain syndrome. So it takes even less of a trigger to start that pain reaction. And that's basically how you end up with a chronic pain syndrome. Now, the good news is you can actually reverse that process. It's through something called neuroplasticity, which is just um, a fancy way of saying that the brain and the nervous system is always capable of receiving new messages, interrupting habitual patterns, and allowing for new ones to come in, which is how that chronic pain syndrome gets, you know, finds its home in, in your body. It's actually your mind and your body, but it has nothing to do with you're a hypochondriac, you're making it up. It's just that's how your mind and your body are communicating. So you can mm. actually find a way to interrupt that communication to stop that, you know, that pain spasm cycle. So it is possible. Yeah, and I and and I know what you're saying because I I tore my ACL uh, probably about eleven years ago now something like that and I remember the next morning you know the the surgeon the, the knee surgeon coming along and he's moving my knee around and I'm looking at him like are you insane you're going to break my knee and then months later um, I go to see him. And he's like, so have you been hopping on it and skipping on it? And I'm like, no, you don't do that. And he's like, oh, no, 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 you do do that. Mm -hmm. But it was my mind protecting, overprotecting yeah. it, you know. Um, and when I got operated um, uh, and the lymph nodes were removed and the tumour was removed from my breast, I remember having a go into with my sister, we're going shopping and you know, I, I didn't feel anything. It's quite, quite funny. I didn't feel no pain, no nothing. And I happened to lift up my top to put on a, a sports bra and I noticed this massive bruising um, in my side and all of a sudden the mind, oh, no, that's bad, that's bad. Don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. So I went and saw my surgeon, obviously, and it was just bruising. It was normal bruising. Um, she did do a test. She did pull out some fluid to make sure it was nothing, you know. But it's crazy because then after that it was like, I'm mm -hmm. not even putting on a sports bra. Get away mm -hmm. from me. You know, get away, get away. Cause, mm -hmm. And it's true because for a while I couldn't, I was too scared to let anything touch where I was mm -hmm. injured. Because the mind was like, nah, nah, that's pain. You've got to protect that. You've got to protect that. So I know exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is you always feel it. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, when you have a twitch in your eye, <laughs> the more you concentrate on it, the more you're going to twitch. It gets worse yeah. and worse. It gets worse. So it's, I, I love the way you say that because, it, you know, and I always love talking about the mindset because I think it's important. Mm. It is so, so important because it either makes you or breaks you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, other than that, was there anything else you want to share with us? What What is Cheryl doing? What's the next step for Cheryl? Where's Cheryl going these days? Oh, I hope she's going to take a nap someday. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. Not yet. Um, not yet. No, you don't not need to yet. slow down right yet. No, no, not yet. Uh, I don't know. I've just, you know, I've just 
living large, loving life. And I, you know, I'm actually considering going for my next, oh, somebody stop me, please save me from myself. But I'm actually considering going for the next level black belt. Um, oh, wow. I don't know if I will do it or not. It, it's a long story. You'll find out in the book when it comes out. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm back in training at the dojo, you know, just going to pole, doing my, you know, basement ballet, working with clients online, teaching a few in-person classes when I get invited. And uh, just, you know, again, living large, loving life. Yeah, and I can see it. I really can. And you're you're really a testament. You really are a testament of living you. your life uh, to the fullest. And that's what I want our listeners to realize. You know, don't you know, don't let other obstacles stop you from being mm-hmm. or doing what you want to be and or who you are. So I've really appreciated having you on my podcast. I loved. I love it. I I think we have so much we can touch on. You know, I think we can, you know, I I think I can have you on my podcast so many times. (laughs) I would love it. Yeah, because we just touched on a a snippet of things, but I think if you open Pandora's box, you will find Mm -hmm. uh, so much. And I'm someone who loves, I guess that's probably why I'm going back I, it's got nothing to do with you, but that's why probably I'm going back to learning psychology and criminal psychology. The Ooh. reason being, yeah, is because not because you're a criminal, but I love the I love knowing the mindset of someone, really going into it, and knowing that you got you have so much discipline in you, years and years. I love to pick on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I can't wait to have you again. I've oh, really appreciated you. your time and you are an amazing woman. I'm going to have all the links for Cheryl's podcast, her Instagram, her Facebook, her websites, her books, you name it. I'm going to have it there for our listeners to get either on the YouTube or on the podcast. So having said all of that, Thank you so much for today, Cheryl. Oh, Grace, thank you so much for having me. And if I can say just one more thing mm-hmm. um, for people, if you do go to my website um, and you sign up for my newsletter, you will have access to three recorded movement um, lessons. I call them meditation through movement. And it's really similar to some of the, you know, it's, it's to help you discover how to be able to move with awareness and and uh, consciousness and being gentle with yourself. So if you want to go to my website, sign up for the newsletter, you'll be able to um, listen to those three recordings and you can practice them whenever you want to. Yeah, and I think I, you know, I think that's, thank you for that. That's a, an awesome bonus um, because it, it's all about the movements like we spoke about. It's all about your physiology, your psychology, your emotion. It's everything in yeah. the one package. It really is. So thank you again and thanks everyone for listening in. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. And like always, I wish you so much love and light. 
Thank you so much for joining me. I know you could have chosen any other show to spend your time with today. And I'm really grateful and humble that you've chosen me instead. And I hope I've been able to serve you in any way. You know, I hope this will become your go-to place to help you heal, feel supported and discover yourself along your hero's journey. And if this episode helped you today, please subscribe and share it with someone you know that would benefit from this. As I've learned about my hero's journey through breast cancer, nothing we receive is for us to keep but to be shared. And I hope I can serve you further by sharing some of the tools I've learned along the way. And it's hard for me to share it all in one simple episode. So if you go to www.theangelsofgrace.me forward slash resources right now, you can find a collection of tools that might be exactly what you need to take you on your hero's journey. And given that I don't know if you're listening to this podcast at the start, the middle or the end of the day, I want to wish you an amazing morning, an amazing afternoon or an amazing evening. I am Grace DeAngeli and you listen to the Breast Cancer Hero's Journey podcast. Thanks again for being here. Much love and light.